Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Lot to break down with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun this morning. Hello, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, you were busy yesterday. Very busy yesterday. I do love the budget lockup because they give you a lot of information and you got your colleagues in there. Your editors leave you alone <laughs> while you're in the lockup. There are free sandwiches. What's not to like? Uh, and the finance officials are really good. If you if you can think up the question, you know, it's there in the documents. They'll provide you with the answer. So we were all very, very busy, Simi, yesterday. I know it's easy to get swamped by the numbers with the provincial budget, so mm-hmm. I'm going to pick out three. Okay. What are you, where are you three. starting with? And, I, and I'll tell you how I picked these. I picked them because they affect people, and I picked them because they're in the budget documents, but only in the fine print. They're not in the government's highlight packages. So here's the big one to me. 37 cents a liter. That is how much the New Democrats are increasing the carbon tax on gasoline at the pump by the end of the decade, 37 cents a liter. So you're paying about 11 cents now. It's going to triple. And I'll say something, too, for the listener. Uh, You heat your home with natural gas or fuel oil, haul out your last bill. Have a look at what you paid this month or if you pay quarterly. What are you paying on the carbon tax? That's going to triple over the next half dozen years, thanks to what the government did yesterday. Oh, boy. And that one's going to hurt over time. But people, I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about this one, though, Vaughn, so I feel like it is getting a lot of attention. It, it is getting a lot of attention. And it, it, as I said, the government did not highlight this. They yes, kind of hoped it would go by. And and they've got a series of excuses for this. And it'll be interesting to see what the finance minister says to you when you talk to her this morning. So the government's first line of defense is, hey, we're not doing this. This is Ottawa. This is the federal government's carbon tax. And, you know, we have to do it and follow along. But uh, this don't blame us. Well, the trouble with that theory is, of course, the federal government wouldn't even be the government without the support of the federal NDP. The New Democrats always boasting that we're furthest along in having the country's best carbon tax. So, you know, uh, they can't wash their hands of this, Simi. Um, Second thing, um, also a factor, um, they say, well, there's relief. There's going to be relief from the carbon tax. Um, And the trouble with that one, Simi, is that there is relief for some people. But some people are going to be paying this tax. There's a huge increase in carbon tax revenue in the year ahead. But at the same time, Simi, the government is saying there'll be no increase in gasoline consumption. Well, that doesn't work. Well, so some people are going to be paying an awful lot more just in the year ahead. And, of course, over the next few years, the amounts being taxed are staggering. The third line of defense, and you're going to know the answer on this one, is... Well, go buy an electric car, right? This is, this, these taxes are designed to encourage us all to stop 
consuming those nasty old fossil fuels and heat our houses with electricity and buy electric cars and we'll be happy. Um, Well, first of all, good luck finding an electric car. But even more important, this is the affordability government. Have the New Democrats priced electric cars recently? I mean, serious ones are expensive. So even if you can find one, you're going to pay more. So Also, look at what's happening in places yeah. like California where electric car, they've been encouraged to buy electric cars, but now the price of even charging those electric cars is going through the roof. That's true, and there is an unanswered question here in British Columbia whether or not the grid could handle all of us switching exactly. to electric cars. So if you're in a condo building, your council in the condo building is going to balk at putting in chargers because they have to upgrade the entire electrical system in the condo on older buildings. Uh, it's and <laughs> If we're all charging our electric cars at the same time, somebody joked it's going to be like you and all your neighbors took up arc welding at the same time. Yeah, yeah I know you'll do it at night, right? And you, And the people that are there first will do it, but... It's not an affordability measure. So I go back to that. That is an enormous increase in the carbon tax. The New Democrats are tripling it in, well, six or seven years, in a half dozen years. So I think when people start seeing that one at the pump and that one, and the first increase, by the way, kicks in on the 1st of April, so we don't have much time to get ready for this. Uh, You're not going to be able to change your household budget by then to afford how much the price of gasoline is going up. Okay, that's one item, and you've got a couple of others here, too. i got uh, one more number. This is a big one, too, and this is in the fine print of the budget. So 22%, the finance ministry says that is how much housing starts are going to decline in British Columbia over the next two years. 22% fewer housing starts, 10,000 units, over the next two years in B.C. Now, contrast that with the government's rhetoric about this very ambitious housing plan, and we're going to make housing more available and more affordable. The finance minister's own officials in the budget are saying, nah, it's not going to happen. Housing starts are going to go in the other direction. They're going to drop by 22%, and then they're going to be flat for the next three years. So, you know, the political rhetoric is one thing, but the officials in the finance ministry, who know the numbers better than I do, uh, they're saying they don't see it happening. Uh, Same with BC Housing, the big government agency that builds social housing. They're projecting flat, Uh, increases in social housing over the next three years. They're not planning anything ambitious that you can see in their own financial statements. Okay, so that also brings me to the question then. Like, we looked at deficits that they were planning for for next year and the year after, but that shows that there's also some caution in there as well. So how how serious are these, like, especially next year being an election year? Well, you know, that's a good point. And uh, not to load too many numbers in here, but everybody looked at the fine print again in the budget. The New Democrats have set aside billions of dollars in unallocated funding over the next three years. So they've built a lot of slack into this budget for themselves. There's plenty of room to move. If they don't need all that money, um, they could balance the budget. They could offer out what they've been doing, uh, maybe another tax break before the election. 
Normally, with three-year financial plans, Simi, the only numbers that are really good are those in the first year. In this case, I would say just suspend judgment on the big numbers because I think they're going to change dramatically for the reason you say, which is next year is an election year. That's exactly what I thought. This year isn't an election year. Exactly, right? Definitely not an election year if that's the budget that we just got. I think that that puts that to bed, right? That there's going to be an election this year. And that a year from now, I think we're going to have some kind of, and I put this in air quotes, miraculous turn of the uh, books here in 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 economic recovery. Yeah, well, we did last year. I mean, the, the... the British Columbia economy is very generous uh, to BC governments these days. Uh, you know, we had that enormous surplus. Uh, they've been spending it, but they haven't spent all of it. It now looks like there's going to be a bunch left over, and they'll actually be able to retire the direct debt of the province at the end of March. Now, they're borrowing a lot more money beyond that for building you know, schools and hospitals and roads and bridges and hydroelectric projects and all that, transit. So there's big borrowing on the capital side, but uh, the operating debt, the debt that's piled up for years when tax revenues don't pay for programs, uh, looks like they're going to have enough money left over at the end of the year, even after all the spending, to retire that. Okay, and one final note, too, on the numbers that you had there. Uh, 68%. The couch- yeah, 68%. So all these big capital projects that the government has there, and they're all, they all come with a price tag, uh, 68% is the overrun on the replacement project for the Caribou District Hospital. So that follows the overrun on the Cowichan District Hospital and the big overrun last week on the replacement building for the Provincial Museums, Collections, and Research. So what we're seeing is that These big projects are costing a lot more than the initial budgets, worker shortages, inflation. The government changes the scope of the projects. Some cases they insist on these union-favoring agreements. But again, uh, those big numbers, uh, they could get even bigger the way things are going because the government is not in control of the supply of materials, the shortages of workers, and in some cases, they're adding to the cost in ways they don't need to do. Uh, Vaughn, just quickly, was there something in the budget that you were surprised wasn't there? Yeah, I, I was surprised that the Liberals have a more ambitious program to deal with recovery and treatment for mental health and addictions than the New Democrats. It's rare the Liberals propose to outspend the NDP, but the Liberals want to phase out user fees for treatment beds, and the New Democrats aren't doing that. And the Liberals want to build regional treatment centers for addictions and recovery, uh, because many of the people that need it are in those regions, and the New Democrats aren't proposing to do that either. So, you know, wonders never cease. We've actually got a more ambitious uh, treatment and recovery plan from the Liberals than we have from the NDP. So interesting. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.